The following audio is from White River Christian Church. More information about White River is available on the WRCC mobile app or at wrcc.org. Hey, good morning. It is good to be with you this morning. I uh, thought I'd start this morning by telling you a little story about uh, my, my life. Okay, So in, in my life, there's been very few moments where I have been proactive about a decision. Now, I will tell you, uh, there were some big moments that I was very proactive about, obviously getting engaged. You know, that was a big moment to be proactive and figure out ahead of time. Uh, having our first kid, okay? Uh, we had Taylor. Taylor is our 11-year-old. Uh, and we, at the time, Amanda and I had been married for a few years, and we were, were thinking about whether we should begin having kids. And, and we had this couple that was in our life at the time, uh, Andrew and MJ, who I worked with Andrew, and they were really just investing in us. We didn't really know that at the time. Uh, more so probably discipling us, mentoring us. And, and so we had decided that one of the proactive steps we were going to take was to take them to dinner and to pop a question on them, okay? So if you could imagine this, we were good friends. We had gone to dinner lots of times together, but this one seemed weird and awkward and a little strange, and I think it did for them too. We asked them if they could go to dinner with us. Uh, We got there. I believe we went to a Texas Roadhouse. And so Andrew and I were sitting on one side of the booth together. Uh, MJ and Amanda were sitting on the other side. And as we're eating dinner, I think they could pick up that that we were both nervous and that something, it was like a first date, if I'm going to be honest, okay? I know that's weird, but it was. And we finally got to that point in the meal where it was like, are you going to ask this question or not? Uh, whatever it is we're here for, you know? And, and so finally we got to that point where I was like, okay, I'm going to ask the question. And so I said, well, Andrew and MJ, we, we wanted to have dinner with you tonight because uh, we're, we're kind of trying to make a big decision in life. And, and finally it just came out. I was like, do you guys think we are ready to have kids? And it, Andrew and MJ made eye contact and at the exact same time, they both started laughing, like laughing at us. <laughs> like, this, okay, if, if, just going to give the, throw this out there for you. If somebody asks you a big question and it's a big deal to them, don't laugh at them, okay? Started laughing. And then, and then Andrew looks over at me and starts patting me on the back and says, oh, you guys are so cute. And I'm like, like, this is not going the way I had planned for this to go, okay? Like, what what is happening right now? And Andrew goes, listen, you can pretend like or act like you're ready. You are never ready to have kids. You aren't. And if you're out there and you've had kids and you felt like you were ready, like, come tell me what you did so I can counsel other people to do what you did because we were not ready. Right? It's why God gives you the kids at the age where all they do is eat, sleep, uh, you know, and, and, and lay there and look cute. They do the other thing too, that, but I wasn't going to say that. This is gross. Right? And, and he said, he, we started laughing. I'm like, okay, now I get it. Like, we're not ready. Okay, so like, what do we need to do? And he, he just said, oh, there's nothing you can really do. And I'm like, oh, this is great. You know, like, this is not going how I envisioned this to go. And, and, then, and then Andrew said, but listen. Do we think that you and Amanda have a healthy enough marriage to take the next step of having a kid? Yes. And would we love uh, to walk through that with you guys as you do so? Yes. And see, what I think Andrew is hitting on in that moment is that when it comes to parenting, if you're a parent out there, you know this, that a majority of parenting is reactive. You don't know what kind of personality that kid's going to have, what kind of temperament that kid's going to have. Honestly, I look at my two kids and think, how in the world... 
that you come from both of us. You know, like you're, you're so different. You're so opposite. We have to discipline you different, encourage you different, uh, walk with you differently. And of course, I'm not saying parents, like you can't be proactive. I know a couple people, one of which is probably going to have a, a baby this week. Like, I know you did a lot proactively. That's great. But just wait. You'll understand in a couple days, you ain't ready, right? It's okay. That's why we're all here. We'll love you and care for you and come alongside of you and encourage you, right? But he understood that, that, that parenting was this thing that was mostly reactive. And when I think about my relationship with the Lord, and when I think about how maybe some of us see our relationship with the, world, with the Lord, we think that God is sometimes the exact same, that he is reactive. Like if we fall back into that sin that we do regularly every single week, that, that somehow he is going to withhold his grace from us. That he, he's going to be mad. And, you know, some of you have that response and thought because you, you had an earthly father that, that was that way. But, but then, then you also think, of, well, if I, if I share the love of Jesus, if I serve other people, this is, this, is, this is me. This is how I was raised. Then God, my heavenly father, will show me grace, will show me love, will, will be more attentive to me. But you see, that's not at all how it works. We are now on our fifth week of preaching about grace. And our theme is grace on repeat. Why? Because you and I need to hear every single week how grace works because we don't think this way. In fact, we don't show grace this way. Before, before you were ever able to do something wrong, God already extended all the grace that you needed. All of it. You know, thousands of years ago is when Jesus died on a cross that secured for you unending grace. Because you see, this is our bottom line. This is why I want you to walk away from summer thinking, okay? God's grace is proactive, not reactive. God's grace is already there for you before you did what you did this past week, before you'll do what you're going to do next week. Miss Christie this morning said that his grace is for what we've already done and what we will do. In fact, that's been true your entire life. God's grace is proactive for you. And we see that in Scripture. Uh, it's not just my thoughts here today. Thank you, Jesus, right? Uh, it is coming from Scripture. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26. Jesus and the disciples have just had uh, the, the supper in the upper room, right? And they, they had this uh, last supper together. They have left that room, and they're walking uh, along, and Jesus starts this conversation. It says this in Scripture uh, in verse, oh golly, 31. On the way, Jesus told them, Tonight all of you will desert me, for the Scriptures say, God will strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. They're walking along, just had a meal, kind of confusing meal. If you remember that whole situation with washing of the feet, uh, someone's going to betray me. And then they come out, and then Jesus is like on this kind of negative tone kind of trip here, right? And he says, uh, tonight you guys are all going to desert me. And I don't know if you're very familiar with Peter, but uh, Peter's like that kid in your fifth grade class. Anybody have that kid in your fifth grade class, like where the teacher Ask the questions, and before she even finishes the question, they're raising their hand and wanting to answer it. You know, like, oh, me, 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 right? You can think of that kid in fifth grade class right now, and if you can't, I've got news for you this morning, right? 
you're probably that kid, okay? It's okay. God's grace is for you too, all right? And, and Peter jumps into the conversation and says, no, 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 I won't do that. Jesus is like, oh, <laughs> no, no. See, Peter, you're actually the special one out of the group because you're going to deny me three times before this night ends. No, Peter, no. I, I won't, I, even if I have to die, I'm not going to deny you, Jesus. And Jesus just continues on. Continues on what? Continues on walking with Peter. Continues on leading Peter. Continues on loving Peter. I said, I don't know about you, but I, I'm sinful in my own heart. Trust me, there is a sinful heart in here. If you told me that you were going to bail, if I knew you were going to bail on me, Right before one of the moments where I get arrested, falsely accused, beaten, and then ultimately led to my death on a cross, I'm about go ahead and leave now. Like, if you're not going to stick with me, just go. I, I don't need you right now. I don't have time for that right now. But that's not Jesus. As you see, the grace, we got to read between the lines a little bit, the grace is already there. Jesus continues to walk with the disciples knowing full well that they're all going to abandon him by the end of the night. You and I know how the story goes, right? <laughs> Peter that night ends up denying Jesus three times. And on the third time, just as Christy said, the rooster crows and it hits him. And in fact, we're told in Scripture that over a campfire, he makes eye contact with Jesus. I can't imagine what emotions were going through Peter in that moment. The, the one thing I said I would not do, I just did. Not only did I just do it, but now I'm staring at the one who I just did it to. And yet Jesus looks at him, and I can just imagine that his eyes are not eyes of disappointment. They're eyes of grace. Because God's grace is proactive. Jesus already knew that was going to take place. Jesus already said that, that was going to take place. And, and I wonder, you know, I, sometimes I think about this, like if, if Scripture just stopped there with Peter's story, what would have happened to Peter? We get a little bit of a picture of it, but, but if we didn't have John chapter 21, what would have happened with Peter? Well, Peter, in John chapter 21, if you want to flip with me to John chapter 21, please do. But John chapter 21, we get a little bit more of the story you see, uh, Jesus has died on the cross. Uh, he has been put in the tomb, and three days later, he rose from the grave. Praise God for that. And, and he has shown himself in his resurrected form to the disciples, and then he came back for Thomas, if you remember that story. And now he comes back for a third time to the disciples, but this time, it's specifically for Peter. And what does Jesus find Peter doing? He finds Peter fishing. He finds Peter going back to doing what he did before he knew Jesus. Because you see, if the story would have just stopped right there, Peter would just have been a fisherman for the rest of his life. Not, not, the, the gospel would not have continued through Peter. It would have just stopped right there because he, would just, he was so upset by the decisions that he made and so distraught by doing exactly what Jesus predicted that he just couldn't think of anything else to do. So I'm just going to go back and go fishing. If you read this story, please study this story on your own and, and look at when Jesus calls Peter. And then when 
Peter denies Jesus the passage we just read. Read that in depth and then read this one. There is so much overlap. Why? Because God is coming back to continue to show grace through Jesus to Peter. And so they've been out fishing, and the exact same thing happens that, that when Jesus called Peter, I'm not going to get into that. That's another sermon for another time. It's amazing. Um, but at one point, they get up onto the shore, and Jesus has, has created a fire and has made breakfast for them. And verse 15 in, in chapter 21 of John says this, After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied. You know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question. Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said. You know that I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. A third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time, and he said, Lord, you know everything, and you know that I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. Three times. Had to be asked, because three times Peter denied him. The third time, all three times, Jesus says, then get busy doing the ministry that I began, that I taught you how to do. Even asking the question is grace to Peter. Giving Peter a second shot, then asking him to go and feed his lambs, to do the ministry that he had started, is God's proactive grace in Peter's life. He takes Peter from dejected, returning to something that he did before, and he shows them this, this beautiful picture a proactive grace. And the fact is, is Peter's a lot like you and I. Because for you and I, we oftentimes take other things and, and put it before Jesus. Or, or we just straight up walk away from Jesus. You know, we think my son's starting football this past week. And we had Jamboree Saturday. And there's some parents out there that think their boys are going to play in the NFL. Good for you. Right? Like, we take our kids' athletic ability and put it on this pedestal, and all of a sudden, it's second to Jesus because they might be a professional athlete, right? Or it's, it's money. We get a promotion at work, and we, and we put that on a pedestal because, you know what? If we had more money, we'd be happier. We'd be able to have the things our neighbors have or the, the other person down the street has. And we put Jesus second to that thing. We, we do that all the time. I do that all the time. That's not where God belongs. He's shown us grace and all of that. And even when we're in the midst of doing it, God's showing us grace through His Son, Jesus. Grace for our future. Grace for now. Jesus comes back for Peter. And if you have your Bibles, flip with me just a page or two to the right. Acts chapter 2. And you see, Peter takes this Seriously, he walks away from that moment with Jesus and realizes he's called to something greater. And, and this amazing thing happens in Acts chapter 2 where the Holy Spirit falls uh, on the apostles and they start speaking in tongues. And the people that are around and, and looking on think that everybody that is there that, that this happens to is drunk. And Peter sees this. He's watching this happen and he knows that the crowd is, is they're not understanding what is taking place. 
And maybe for the first time, he feels this tug in his heart, like this is what Jesus said when he said, feed my lambs, right? Feed my sheep. Step up into this spot and help everybody understand what's happening. And who, none other, but Peter steps up and says, listen, you're misunderstanding what's happening today. And if you get a chance later this afternoon, I don't have time to read the whole thing this morning. Read the speech that, Jesus gives, that, that Peter gives. It is literally a straight-up sermon pulling in the Old Testament to, to Jesus dying. And, I mean, he just, it's unbelievable. But at the very end of it, he gets done preaching. It says this in verse, uh, chapter 2, verse 37. Peter's words pierced their hearts, and they said to him and to the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? What should we do? We've been out here for five weeks listening to Grace on repeat. And the question is now, as we get ready to jump back into the building next week and we jump back into the school, what should we do? Well, here, maybe you're here this morning and you've never really heard about this proactive grace for you through a man named Jesus who died on the cross for you. And maybe that first step is the step that some others are going to take right up here in this baptismal day is accepting him as your Lord and Savior and being baptized. But maybe that's too much for today. Maybe today all you want to do is have a, a further conversation about what that means. Man, we would love to do that with you. We would so love to do that with you. Or maybe, you know, you're here and you come to church every week and, and you get this grace and you're living in it. But you just need that reminder. This is why we do the Lord's Supper every week. Do this in remembrance of me. Remembrance of what? Of the grace that I showed you long ago. That you can't earn, but that is always there for you. And you're going to have a moment in a second to just evaluate where you are and then to step up and take the Lord's Supper and remember what he did for you. Or maybe, maybe you're here. And you know what? You, you were baptized like this maybe when you were younger and you were following Jesus, and now in this stage of life, you're just not. There's other things that you put on a pedestal above Jesus. But you get it, that, that his grace is still there for you, even in the midst of that. And, and your call today is just to come back. Come back home. Because you're never going to outrun God, God's grace. It is so already proactively there for you. You just need to accept it again. I don't know where you're at, but we all need to hear this this morning. Peter's reply, verse 38, Acts chapter 2. This goes for everyone, including myself, standing on stage. Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you, to your children, and to those far away, all who have called, who have been called by the Lord our God. That's true for every one of us. Scripture tells us that when we repent and ask for forgiveness and we make a change in our life, that heaven rejoices. And this morning, heaven is going to rejoice as we get to celebrate the baptisms of some people that will walk up here on stage and be, be baptized in just a few minutes. But as we reflect on how we need God's grace this morning, we're going to move into this time where uh, we spend a moment just reflecting on where we are in our relationship with Jesus, spend a time, moment, uh, just a moment reflecting on our own sinfulness and need for this grace that has been given to us long ago.
And so as we do this, I want to encourage you just to take a second before you stand up and go to the table and just thank Jesus for the sacrifice he made. Thank God our Father for the proactive grace that he's given us. And if you have let us know you're going to be baptized today, and in a moment when we get up to do the Lord's Supper, I'm going to ask that you would just go ahead and make your way right over here where we have some people gathering over the prayer, between the prayer and give me five sign and <laughs> the brew barbecue sign. Um, come on over there, and uh, we'll get you set and ready for baptism. But if you are here today and you want to be baptized and you want to make that decision, um, we would love for you to come up here too. We're going to have some elders, um, some other people up here who will love to talk through that with you today. Or if you just want to start that conversation, hey, like I'm not being baptized on that stage. No way I'm getting in front of all these people. That's fine too. Come on over there. We'll just start a conversation that hopefully we'll be able to continue uh, and, and have you at one point uh, being baptized with us into the name of Jesus. Uh, but for right now, what I want to do is just pause for a second. And I ask that you would just reflect on this grace that's been given to you. And then as you feel led, you can head to one of the black tables and take uh, a cup of juice and uh, the bread is on top. Bread symbolizes his body, which was broken for us, and the juice, his blood, which was shed for the forgiveness of our sins to show us grace on repeat. Let me pray for you, and then we can move into those moments. Jesus, thank you. Thanks that you didn't walk away uh, from Judas. You didn't walk away from Peter. And you didn't walk away from John or Luke or any of the disciples. You continue to walk with them knowing full well what was going to happen that night, that as you were arrested, they would scatter. Forgive us, because we have hearts that are just like the disciples' hearts. Man, when tough things come along in our life, we scatter. When new opportunities or the shiny thing comes along in life, we scatter. Would you forgive us for that this morning? Would you allow us to accept this grace which you gave us so long ago? that was so proactive that there is nothing we could do now in this moment to earn it more or less for that matter. Thank you, God, for offering that to us holy today. I pray, that Jesus, that you uh, would be glorified and honored as we baptize people into your name this morning. And Holy Spirit, would you come and fill these individuals with you? Would you guide them in what it looks like to follow Jesus for the rest of their lives? Thank you right now for those who are coming before. We love you, Jesus. We praise you and we give you all the honor and glory this morning. We pray these things in your precious name. Amen.